As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I'm still Alex Croson, and of course, we got... I'm no longer Casey Clapp. Wow. Sorry. Sometimes you just got to change who you are. I am today going to be, you know what, my old, uh, my old uh, uh, pseudonym, Kip Clapp. Kip Clap. I remember this. Yeah, you do. Was that high school era? Ooh, probably high school, early college. Okay, yeah. Kip. I think probably college more than anything. <laughs> Kip. Yeah, that's what I wanted to name my kid was Kip, so that oh. so that I could at any point say, uh, "Good job, Kip Clap. That's ship shape." <laughs> Come on, that's good. That's good. Could you imagine a little kid just being so proud that his dad called him? You know, Kip. Kip. Kip Clap. And he's in, whatever he just did was in ship shape. Ship shape. Yeah. Do you remember our friend? Uh, yes, I think that's great. Thank you, Alex. Sorry, I didn't And then I, I put it on video games, and they're like, what are your initials? It's always Kip. <laughs> so if you ever see a video game that says Kip, you know I was there. Casey like was I mean, there. An, like an arcade game. Sure. Most of the time. I guess I would do it for another one, too, but, you know. You know. Uh, that's not really a thing in video games anymore, putting yeah. three initials in as your name. What a good time. I suppose you could. Yeah, probably could, but, you know, I don't, I feel like they'd be like, why are you doing this? <laughs> we already know all your data. <laughs> do you remember our friend... Uh, something Han- Hanrahan? Yeah, Matt Hanrahan. Matt Hanrahan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I say our friend. I don't even remember his name. Um, <laughs> I was like, well, how long has it been since you've known him? I, I remember him saying in high school that he wanted to have a daughter and name her Hannah Ann <laughs> so that her name was <laughs> Hannah Ann Hanner. Uh, Hanrahan? <laughs> Hannah Ann Hanrahan. What? I bet you that's still the case. I mean, that was so long ago, he might have a daughter at this point named it, Hannah he Ann. He might, yeah. Last time I talked to him was probably around 2017 or 2018. Oh, wow. And Not too long ago. Yeah, he was working at Next Adventure here in Portland, Oh, Oregon. wow, cool. Uh, he was the manager and the intaker of all the stuff in the bargain basement, if you've ever been there. Cool, yeah, I've heard about this bargain basement. Yeah, so he, uh, we saw him, and I was like, oh, dude, what's up? And he's like, oh, I'm just chill. And about to about to move, and I was like, "Come over and grab a beer." So oh, came nice. over to my house. My uh, he used to grew up near my friend Max, like literally three doors down. Not the band. Wow. Then, believe it or not, uh, he's like, "Yeah, I'm actually. You want this bike?" And uh, we're like, "Yeah." I mean, my friend Joey, who also lived with us, bought his bike before he <coughs> just jumped and moved to Montana, like in October or something. How random. Yeah, lived there for a winter time and was like, yeah, I'm coming back. Uh. <laughs> uh, and I think he also like eloped like that moment, like right before that. Like, wow. His, uh, his story's wild. Wild. I, I have no idea where he is, but I know that he at least historically had a Ford Ranger truck, which is probably the most important aspect of this whole story. Yeah, I'm really glad that you mentioned that because um, it sets that me up were. perfect for this transition. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Today we're talking about a tree as we do 
every episode. And this tree, Margosa. It's a Margosa tree. I, 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 can I just say, you may. I, not, I know not thing one about the Margosa tree. I didn't even know it existed. I've never heard of this before. Wow, okay. It's true. That's, in, that's fascinating. I'm so you, sorry. Have you heard of Neem, Alex? Um, I've heard of Nemo, the little clownfish boy. Oh no, no, no! This is this is this is no Nemo. In fact, it's probably closer mm. to Captain Nemo from whatever Captain Nemo's from. Oh yeah, from is, uh, some dream. I forget. It's some uh, old book, thousand right? thousand million leagues under the sea. Yeah, something right? like that. A thousand yeah, yeah. million. Thousand million. <laughs> twenty twenty thousand leagues under the sea. I think is that. I think that's Captain Nemo. Roughly eighty billion. Um, <laughs> Roughly 80 billion leagues under the sea. Casey, the thing I I have to say about the Margosa is that um, it sounds very much like the name of a dragon from Skyrim. And that's sort oh, of my take so far. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. You know what? I have to reiterate. Nemo is spelled the same way, whether it's captain or fish. So there you go. They're the same, but it, now my metaphor is completely falling apart. So, hey, so. you know what? I think you found a new metaphor. There's something to that. Yeah, I think there is. Some I literary is. analogy going on. You go 20,000 leagues under the sea, you find Nemo. Yeah. You're going to get separated from your father yeah. who has an anxiety <laughs> disorder. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what? Now that I'm reading this, I bet you that they, uh, that's a callback. I'm sure. God, so good. <laughs> callback. You know, when you learn something, you're just like, wow. <laughs> What a dummy. I should have seen that coming. Well, Casey, today we're talking Margosa. I'm really excited to get into it because we're also talking a little traditional medicine, which you know I love. Yes, I do. But we must do so after a break. We will be right back with Completely Arbitrary. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Today we're talking Margosa. Oh, that's right, huh? I did notice that the scientific name of this was something Indica. It was hard to pronounce also. Well, actually, it looks hard to pronounce because I'm used to a different tree that is named after it. So, Give yeah. Give it your best shot. I will. Are you ready for this? Uh-huh. Azeradiracta Indica. One more time. First try, baby! Azeradiracta Indica. Azadiracta. Yeah, Azadiracta. The so, C is, there's a C-H-T-A at the end. Oh, So wow. I think it's acta rather than achta, but it could be. Casey, let's imagine as we do every episode that you and I, I think we're in India? Yes. In fact, we could be, let's let's say India because I think that's a more appropriate place to start. Okay. And say, to say you're walking through India is hilarious because it's fucking enormous. Yeah, it's like, yeah, let's just, <laughs> we're happen to be walking through the very, very uh, uniform and mm-hmm. homogenous place called India. The city of India. Yeah. And we come across some Margosa trees. That's right. Casey, I'm very excited. Let's ID this tree. All right. So here, here we are walking under a tree that either could be very tall, like up to about 60, 70 feet tall. Wow. Or up to about 140. Depends on where it's grown, how it's grown. But it's a big tree. It grows with a big, wide, open canopy. And it is 
very often planted along with a cl- very closely related tree from the kind of south uh, Southeast Asia area called Melia Azadarak. That's the one that I'm familiar with. Ah. Otherwise known as the China Berry, which I think is fine, but in my heart of hearts, I believe that when someone says China Berry, I can only think about it as someone from like 1860. Yes. Being like, go go down there to Chinatown. Go down yeah. there to China Berry. Yes. So I don't know. It's it, an accepted it makes, name. It, may, it just sounds wrong. It does. It's just like China fur, <laughs> where it sounds like, yeah. ooh, I mean, is this, this feels like it's slightly offensive. But I believe that it's just saying like Norway maple, same exact thing. I don't know if that's the same. It is. It's the same kind of name. No, where I th- you just well, say yes. the country as a singular thing rather than the Norwegian fur or the Chinese fur. I guess I I'm, I don't think it's the same thing because Norwegians are white. Oh, uh, so I see. It's like a power. You're saying thing. okay? So yeah, yeah, yeah. So when we say Norway fur, that's like oh, it's the fur from Norway. And then when we say China fur. The original name is more like, oh, that's a, a, little, a weird oriental fur. Yes, it's like, it sounds a little uh, colonialist by uh, nature, I think. I think you're probably right, ultimately. <clears throat> yeah, thank you. Regardless, the other name for Melia as a Derek, not the tree we're talking about, but mm. it needs to be noted, white cedar. Now, Alex, both of us just did this like, huh? <laughs> because it looks just the same as the tree we're talking about, which has big, broad leaves. Uh-huh. It looks nothing like Very anything. cedar-like. Yeah, oh, so cedar-like. <laughs> it's like saying, oh, what is that? Um, is that a VW Bug? And you're looking at a Max semi-truck. Right. Like, no, no, it's not. How did you even get there? Anyway. I drive around a Porsche. You might know it as a PT Cruiser. <laughs> you might know it, but anyway. Do I we know why I, it's called White Cedar? I have Casey? no okay, idea. Okay, We'll talk about that on our on our white cedar yes, episode another time. Yeah. So this is uh, this is a tree that is native to India, and it is native to the kind of drier area that has the same thing that I know you love the dry deciduous or drought deciduous plants. Ah, yeah. It is evergreen, but if it does find itself in just a little bit less savory conditions, it'll drop all of its leaves sometime during that dry season or many of them, so it looks very stressed out, Mm. and then it'll put on a new flush of leaves as soon as more water comes. So you're walking around, you see this big tree, you're natively speaking, probably from somewhere in like eastern India is probably where it's from. However, nobody quite knows for sure because it's another one of those trees that has been moved around by people mm. since time immemorial. Wow. And a lot of those like semi-tropical or tropical trees can grow almost anywhere else in the semi-tropics or tropics of the world. Okay. So if someone moves it from East India down to uh, someplace in Southeastern Asia, a little bit further away, it's going to grow fine. It's probably going to seed itself in and keep moving. But where the range has been expanded naturally, quote unquote, mm-hmm. versus via humans, which is, you know, ostensibly unnaturally, no one's quite sure. Okay. But eh, I don't think it's really important. It's one of those things where yeah, in the tropics, cares? they just kind of move around. So that's kind of where it, what it's been doing for the last... 3,000 years, maybe? Hey, you know what? That's part of the globalization of plants. Right. For better or worse, we're in it. Let's gotta, just see what we can do. I got to Google globalization one day to make sure I'm using it correctly. <laughs> you know, I think you are. <laughs> yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say credit. <laughs> the tropics are a wild place, man. They really are. And this <clears throat> tree is one that has played a big role in the tropics for a long time. Mm. So it's a big tree. Like I said, it has a nice capacious canopy and it has very much utility bark. I will say, though, attractive utility bark. 
How about that? Yeah, it's utility bark that you're like, man, it's not gonna, it's not gonna, it's not really gonna jump out at me. But I don't, well, I don't, I don't hate it. It's kind of like uh, wallpaper. Some wallpaper, you're just like, well, it's just paper on a wall. Move, move <laughs> on. Other times, you're kind of like, that actually really pulls this whole room together. Wow. I think it's still wallpaper. Sure. But I think this is nice wallpaper. It's a practical application, but they spent some time in, to make it beautiful. You get it. Exactly. Uh, so it has opposite arranged leaves. Cool. Casey is shaking his arms like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> and Alex is like, I don't know why that's even important. Why, why is that good? Well, many of the species that I'm familiar with, that mm. most people are familiar with, probably are alternately arranged. Sure. The leaves have one leaf per node. Mm-hmm. This has two leaves per node, which okay. sets it apart, at least for most temperate trees, which again, yes, I know this is a tropical tree, but it makes it uh, unique Right off the bat, because you can tell it apart if you're doing ID things. It's like ah. the very first thing you ever look at. Yes, whenever we're doing uh, Who Can a Tree Now, you always ask first, is, or do they have oppositely or alternately arranged exactly. leaves? Exactly. Interesting. It is yeah. a nice look at a macro level, too, when you see it a is, tree yeah. with oppositely arranged leaves. It, they, sometimes it feels very symmetrical, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So in this case, it actually, uh, I don't think, gives you a nice symmetrical appearance to the tree. I think the, the branch architecture as it comes up becomes quite irregular. It's quite a mess, isn't it? I think so, yeah. But not like in a mess that's like really off. Like it's not a, a, a kind of like an apple or a pear or something where mm. you just get these wild shoots that kind of come off in every direction. It just kind of doesn't stick to any any theme. It's just kind of like, yeah, <laughs> hey, what's up? I'm going to grow over here. Then I'm going to twist over there. Then I'm going to do this. And it just kind of goes. Got a good word for this. Uh, okay. It's eclectic. Uh, there you go. I was thinking you're going to say chaos. No. He has an eclectic Perfect. morphology. What a beautiful term, Alex. Thank you. I really like that. I like that too. Can we return briefly to the bark? Because yes. I'm seeing a photo of it now. Okay. Dinosaur skin. Wow, that's what you think. Just anybody who wants to know what this bark looks like, just imagine dinosaur skin. And not like scales, but kind of scales. But you know, like craggy dinosaur yeah. skin. All right, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it, like it's it's almost popping off, but not quite. Yes. It has like little lines in it, some orange there, some gray here. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, okay. I see that. That's all. Well, okay, I agree. <laughs> Aren't you glad I interrupted you for that, Casey? I am, I really am. <laughs> well, so back to these leaves yeah. here. They are pinnately compound, which I am kind of frustrated because I found a really great description uh, that's out on our, uh, our show notes. Hmm. And that description calls out the leaves as being simple pinnate. Oh, that's an oxymoron. Exactly. And it's really like frustrating because they say literally the opposite simple pinnate once divided in parentheses, which means if you have a pinnately compound leaf, mm-hmm. it divides into some amount of leaflets mm-hmm. along a central mid rib or uh-huh. mid uh, mid vein area. So uh, arachis is also the term. So if you are uh, compound by definition, you are not simple. Right. But what they're talking about, they're rather what they're contrasting it to, is a, I guess it would be a... Bipinately compound? Exactly. Bi or tripinately compound, uh-huh. where the, each one of those leaflets then also breaks into individual leaflets. Listen, if we're going to start calling good old pinately compound simple yeah the bar is being raised too fast yeah or rather i think it's being lowered like you can just throw things around you know it's like no 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 you should not do that i don't know i this is a a good website so i'm fine with with their use of it Uh uh-huh but my qualm is for anybody who doesn't quite know then they would be like oh 
I, I, I'm very confused by that. It's a little misinformation, It's a Casey. little misinformation. I think it matters. I think it does, and I think you should get rid of simple and say the opposite pinnately compound leaves, and then say once divided. So these leaves... Anyway, they have singly compound leaves in a pinnate fashion. They're good-looking leaves. They are, and you know what else I love about them? Is they're like very coarsely serrated mm. and they just look like they just look quite attractive to me yeah like they're both the leaflets on either side are kind of a little bit asymmetrical so a leaflet coming off to the left and to the right is is a little bit taller or a little bit longer on the top and shorter on the bottom the serrations yeah not oh. the serrations the leaflets themselves oh, oh, oh so okay. like if you uh if you take a leaf right and you cut it down the middle then you have that kind of symmetry uh-huh so if you twist it to the side and then you make it into a leaflet, the top half of that leaflet right. is a little bit longer and wider than the bottom half, so they're just kind of a little bit skewed towards the top. I feel you. It's got a little extra material on yeah. top. Okay. But I think it makes it very attractive. Yeah. Because then you have the serrations on the bottom. They're a little bit smaller, a little bit strangely angled, and then the top are much more intensely angled, mm. but they both have the same kind of surety. Like, they're very like, I am serrated here and now. There's no questions... <laughs> <laughs> There's no questions about this leaf being like, I, am I serrated? No. Am I double serrated? Mm. Maybe not today. That's my new favorite meditation technique. I am serrated here and now. Just like that. <laughs> I think it's, you're going to go far with that, Alex. I am a Margosa. So this is, I just think they're very attractive leaves. Good looking and, leaves. Yeah. You know what? They actually, they don't look too tropical. They don't. Yeah. I bet um, you, I bet you if you looked at them, cause they're like a dark green, you know, they mm-hmm. almost feel like they could live perfectly well up in harder climbs. Yes. But apparently they do not. Yeah. They've got kind of a, they've got kind of a walnut thing going on. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. So, uh, in fact, actually, a way to tell them the difference or tell them apart is that walnuts are alternately arranged. Ah, there you go. And they probably wouldn't be growing next to this tree. Probably not. Yes, that's very (laughs) true. That's the other ID characteristic. (laughs) Um, So, let's see what else. Okay, it's got some flowers, Alex. Now, this I thought was fascinating. The flowers come out in uh, big panicles that are somewhat droopy. So, a panicle is a a flower stem that splits, and then that one splits, and then that one splits. Mm. So, they kind of go uh, a fractal kind of style coming out to where there's 150 to 250 flowers on each individual inflorescence. Now, remind me, because I I will never remember this, Yeah, but a... What did you call it? Panicle. Panicle. Is like carrots, right? Uh, what, is, what is the carrot flower called? Oh, an umbel. Oh, I'll never fucking get this, I Casey. know. Imagine umbel as umbrella, where there's one oh, central thing, perfect. and then it pops open with yes, a flat top, or yes. a slightly curved top, okay. just like an umbrella. And this is a panicle, yes. which hangs down? No, not necessarily, but it has it goes up with one single stem, uh-huh. and then that branches, and then it branches again and again and again. Okay. So you have more of a triangular kind of pyramidal ah. appearance. Uh, imagine something similar to a lilac mm-hmm. or perhaps a uh, horse chestnut, something Got like it. that. Okay. That's so a panicle. Similar. Now, I'm just saying in terms of visual idea, I don't want anyone being like, oh, well, actually, technically, this flower is that. I'm just saying visually that triangular shape. We got you. Perfect. I thank think you. pyramidal is a perfect uh, yeah. descriptor. Okay. This is a pyramidal panicle. Well, thank you for that, Casey. You're welcome, Alex. <laughs> Now, each petal, this is actually a, a very good thing. The petals are gorgeous, or the, the individual, individual, the individual flowers themselves are stupendously pretty. They look like a, 
uh, a citrus flower, I think. Like oh, they're wow. white and they have like very thin petals that come out and they kind of are uh, very like... I don't know. They're 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 minimized. Like, I'm gonna call these a daffodil bumblebee. Wow, a daffodil bumblebee. Because they look like little bumblebees with their little wings and their little fuzzy wings. I know the wings aren't fuzzy. Well, they probably have some. They, yeah, on. maybe. But in the middle is a little daffodil head, like a little um cup. I'm gonna look this up right now because I don't remember Uh-oh, this part. I've been caught. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm looking at the wrong flower. Honestly, it has happened before, but that's not. It was not your fault. I, I will say that these do have a little daffodil. I see cup what in the you're middle. talking about. They do. Yeah, you're right. And they're like a little bit yellow right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The petals themselves are curved, so they kind of look like a fake star. There's five petals, and uh-huh. they're just like ah. Yeah, they I love them. They look very cheery. They're very, they're very delicate looking flowers. They really are. And I, I don't know that they are particularly delicate. Mm. Um, like what you would imagine for, I don't know, a flower you like barely touch it and it's like, ah, and then it like falls away. <laughs> I think these, I don't know that they're quite that pretty. It like starts bruising and decaying if you even touch it. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah. I feel like magnolias are like that a lot. Oh, interesting. Which is ironic because magnolia flower petals are like shoe leather. Yeah, they're huge, but they're like so if you squeeze thick. on them, yeah, they'll, they'll end up discoloring just like that. Interesting. Anyway. We saw we were at a uh, we were at a Buddhist temple. Uh, my partner Lily and I were at a Buddhist temple last uh-huh. week out, out uh, at Mount Adams, um, the Mount Adams Buddhist temple. Oh, okay. And um, we were in the garden, and there were some little honeybees going making the rounds, yeah. and they were what, what are the big. F- like big fuzzy black and yellow ones. Yeah, those, are, yeah, yeah. Those honeybees. Just, they're they're no, those are bumblebees. The oh, big, bumblebees. Yeah, yes. they're like extra giant. Yes, the bumblebees, yeah. and they would land on a flower, uh-huh. and they were too heavy for the flower, so oh we go, and they would like get kind of kicked off, like bucked off, like they're riding a bull. Oh, that's so good. It was so so cute. I could have watched it all day. It's how 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 much they have to deal with those yeah. little bees. They're just they're so heavy for. I mean, it's like uh, you know, you must be this tall to ride this ride they're doing it anyway <laughs> yeah they're like no you're way too tall get off this ride <laughs> you're gonna break the stem so these uh these little white fragrant flowers are uh the precursor to the real gem of wow. this tree which are the fruit yeah tell me about the fruit casey they're droops my friend wow a droop fruit riot this is another one they happen everywhere so these fruit mm. are about uh, maybe a little bit smaller than an olive. Yeah, they're about they they end up maturing to a, a light green, yellowish color. They are a droop with uh, usually one, but up to two or three seeds mm. inside this little droop. And normally, a droop is just the one seed. So yeah, I think that's uh, probably has more to do with some some strange morphological thing that happens a mutation of some kind inside the fruit okay so i bet you it's like finding a four-leaf clover a four-leaf clover wow is in fact a, a mutation of a normal three-leaved clover oh interesting yeah so that's i why think they're it's, lucky exactly that's why they're lucky so i think it's a similar thing you find three uh seeds inside of a neem yeah. uh, berry uh a droop then in that case Good luck. Well As done. they say. As they say. Put in your pocket and rub it for a while. <laughs> Take it to an old man and trade for some beans. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a donkey that talks. Yes, I think that all of these things would be worth uh, worth my, my neem berry. <laughs> and the fruit, yeah, like you said, they're... They're quite olive-ish. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, they have a bittersweet pulp that is yellowish. I've also been told that it's quite poisonous. So oh. it's poisonous to mammals. 
never mind. Do not eat the Drew Fruit Riot. Honestly, this is this is something I found very curious. You eat the fruit, like you take the droop and you eat it. It is poisonous to mammals. Okay. However, we can ingest small amounts of the oil from it, and it is useful for the soil. So you can like take this, and I should note, you make oil out of these seeds. <laughs> I should say that as a preface. Right. We're going to get to that. Yeah. But they in, in the pressing of it, it's just the same as uh, pressing for olive oil or sure, something. Sure, yeah. You just throw them in there, and it squeezes between these two rolly bits, mm-hmm. and it pushes so hard that all the oils pop out of the fruit and the seed. But then there's also this leftover kind of husk that's like kind of this dried pulp that is squeezed oilless. And that you can amend in your soil, and it adds a bunch of nitrogen. How about that? So I don't. I, it's it's strange to me that the resources are like, yes, do not eat this. In fact, the um, the name Azadiracta, that is named after Azadirac, which is a uh, I think a Persian a Persian botanist in maybe not even botanist might be too early in like the nine hundreds. Wow, that is a name for a poisonous tree. Oh, interesting. So it makes sense that this tree is in fact poisonous, but we use it in so many ways that is not poisonous to us. Yet we also use it to poison other things. It's fascinating. Well, one thing I'm learning about trees and plants that are, quote, poisonous, it's not like the fairy tales where you eat it and it kills you dead. Yeah, right? It's usually like it'll give you diarrhea or make you throw up for a while. It's poisonous in that way back when you'd just have so many diarrhea. I guess that's not, I don't know. Is diarrhea plural and singular? Uh, Why not? I had so many diarrhea the other day. It's insane. (laughs) But yeah, it makes a, uh, yeah, you'd like get dehydrated and then back then you would die because you just didn't have enough water. (laughs) Wow, yeah, good point. You know, so that's, I think you're spot on. Same thing with <laughs> mushrooms. People are like, is that mushroom poisonous? And it's like, mm. oh my God, the, uh, you could eat so many mushrooms. You're going to feel so bad, but none of them will probably cause you liver damage except for like three. Well, we, uh, we also would just want to put a statement here from our lawyer that uh, any of our information on poisonous plants should not be taken into the field. No, definitely. Be it, safe yeah. rather than sorry. That falls into the uh, into the 30%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is our, the opinion of the hosts. Yeah, exactly. You pick up a book that's uh, that's much better. Well, Casey, can we talk about the uh, oil now? I'm very curious to find to to hear why it's called neem oil. I actually am not sure. Are I think you it's, fucking kidding me? I didn't even look that this up. Is the Alex. one thing I wanted to know. Oh God, no. I'm going to look it up yeah, while you could talk about the okay. oil. Okay, that sounds good. You look it up because I just saw that it's another name for the tree. Some people call it the neem tree, ah. and that came from the word neem came from other like uh, ancient languages i gotcha so i actually didn't look up the etymology of this at all because i assumed because there's so many as there are with these tropical trees where they've been spread throughout cultures everybody just has their own name for it you know similar to the nani sure you go to any place they'd say oh well we call it this someone else calls it that yeah what a folk taxonomy yeah pretty well this is pretty much just uh common names you know it's whatever name you happen to call it yeah so folk taxonomy it would be more like they lump it together with something that's not necessarily botanical sure it's like uh that's that's the uh donkey fruit because when you eat it I, I don't know where to go with that. Sorry. Um, uh, well, that's all right. This, this is what's great about folk taxonomy. You can just let it do whatever it does. <laughs> just let it die if it doesn't work. Hey, I I, lear- I did learn something in my quick Google search about the name as a... You, that was it. About the name as a Uh-huh. Um, 
it, it's derived from Persian, like you said. Yep. Azad means free, and direct means tree. Really? Uh-huh. Indica means from India. Oh, yes. Just like that's, we'd say Californica. And then India... Oh, wow. That's amazing. And then India means of India. So yeah. this is the free tree of India. Huh. That's very fascinating. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you have it. Funny... Well, this is interesting because the thing that I read said uh-huh. that as a Derek, it meant that it was poisonous. Wow. So I wonder where the difference is between poison and free tree. I wonder too. (laughs) See, this is where our podcast is good, Alex. Yeah, this is where it's good. (laughs) Anyway, we're not talking about the etymology today. This is not an etymology episode. My God, relax. I'm done with this. Let's talk about neem oil. Neem oil. Not to be confused with neem O. Yeah, thank you. The captain that got lost and his father had a panic attack. Mm. (laughs) Anyway, neem oil... As was termed to me one time, magic neem oil. Wow. Which is now the term that I use for it. After researching for this exact podcast, what we're doing right now, Yeah, I stand by that name 100%. Incredible. It is magic neem oil, and it does everything. Tell us why. I only know that it has a certain chemical in it, which is essentially as a dactarin, as azardactrin i said that right i think nice azardactrin is the main ingredient that you'll find in it along with a bunch of other different chemicals Mm -hmm. but essentially it is a protector inside the leaves of this plant i think well it's a protector inside the plant tissue so mostly this neem oil comes from the seeds and the fruit but there are bits and components of this in other parts of the plant as well. It's like a natural insecticide or something? Exactly. Mm. Not only a natural insecticide, a natural herbicide and bactericide. Okay. So this is an oil that is used for mainly two different things. One is consumption by people in a thousand different ways. Mm. So I have actually uh, used to have a bunch of neem oil. Now I, I just had a little container, I guess. Um, but I would use it for different skin issues if I had a uh, heat rash, something like that. Mm. I was like, ah, wow, this is really itchy and uncomfortable. I'm just going to put a little neem oil on it. And I swear to God, it would go away in like a day and a half. Wow. It would just disappear. Neem oil. Neem oil. <laughs> and on top of that, people will claim neem oil does everything it'll help with your skin in certain traditional medicines specifically ayurveda in india which is of course where this tree is native from Mm -hmm. it's a huge component of the local traditional medicines wow like they use it for just about everything helping ulcers you put it as a skin treatment you add it to uh different food to help get you imbalanced because it has all these different effects so it can be ingested or be used topically. That is my understanding. Okay. And it's not poisonous if you ingest the oil. Now, if you ingest a bunch of the oil, it is poisonous. But it's just like caffeine. If you have hmm. X amount of caffeine, it will cause you significant damage. Yeah. But you'd have to drink like an impossible amount of coffee to get to that level. Okay. But if you concentrate it, then it could cause you trouble. Interesting. So I think it's similar to this, where if you are adding it in and watering it down, you can put it into food and it's many times prescribed in certain traditional medicines. Mm. But you also can put it as a topical treatment on your skin to help with whatever's ailing you. Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of like tea tree in that regard where it just is this, it just does everything. Wow. And I can only say, yes, it does because A, I have experience. Yeah. B, 
science has actually said, yeah, this actually like stands up to a lot of this. Interesting. Which is very curious because Alex, I don't know if you know this, mm. but many different times when a uh, a plant extract is used, you always have the end of this commercial, let's say, they always note the USDA has not yes. evaluated this for, you know, its accuracy or whatever. Uh-huh. Because a lot of these like uh, remedies that we've had since time immemorial, they've been used for something. And the peoples who use them say, yes, this works. Then along comes Western science that has to do things in a very specific way. If it's not done that way, then you cannot say it is, a, it, this works, right. right? So this is one of those instances where Western science and traditional medicine come together and they're like, yes, this works. I mean, that is a great commercial for neem oil. It is. And we haven't even talked about half of it, Alex. It's bringing people together from across <laughs> the world. <laughs> from across different cultures yeah. and understandings. Mm-hmm. This is like yeah. when the when the Americans and the Nazis were both like, hey, this Van Halen guy is all right. <laughs> oh, I was not sure where you were going with that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's from something or is this like I made up. Uh, it sounds awful. <laughs> I, I would really like some neem oil. Um, although I don't know what it would, ch- I guess I could start taking it and see if I, some of my unknown, uh, unknown ailments are treated. Yeah. You can, you can use it for like literally anything. Casey, can I, can I read you some of the things that neem oil has been used for traditionally yes, in India? Please do. Strengthening the immune system. Ah. Uh-huh. Detoxifying blood, which I'm, uh, detoxifying blood is a big recurring thing. Yeah. In uh, I will say Eastern traditional medicines that uh, I found uh-huh. um, improve liver function. Makes sense. We could all use that and maintain a healthy. Wow, this is a tr- this is a triple. Uh, maintain a healthy circulatory, digestive, and respiratory system. So this this seems like cheating, where it's like, yeah, it'll help this system, this system, this system, and this system. It'll help it's your like, body. Those are all the systems we have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like it's it's universally good. Yeah, interesting, right? Well, and so and you brought this up uh, with this specific kind of uh, traditional medicine where they are saying, yes, this is an oil that we use. We use this uh, the fruit to get this oil, and it treats this. Mm. However, I think what's important about all these traditional kind of medicines that use something some whether it's you know an oil or some other specific concoction it is in conjunction with a bunch of other lifestyle things yes and this is where i think western science and traditional medicine stop yep well western science says this will help with this but only to a degree that's not enough that we can actually say yes this oil will help you with these things Whereas the other side, those traditional sides, like, of course, it's great. It helps in, like, we'll really push you over the bar. Just make sure when you do it, you also meditate, stop drinking, drink extra water, do all this thing. Yes. And then it will work. Yes. And that, I think, is where the two things uh, diverge. Interesting. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think any, <laughs> in the same way that uh, a medical, a Western medical doctor will often be like, I'll prescribe you a new prescription. Yeah. Um, just take it every day. And then they don't say, and also, by the way, get really good sleep. I mean, not not as a rule, by the yeah. way. I've heard this from doctors. But it's not like, let me prescribe this as yes. a part of the treatment. Yeah, I've never been prescribed, like, meditation or, yeah. you know, um, or, like, sleep hygiene. Yeah. Which are all things that, in a lot of Eastern traditions, 
are like, well, yeah, you should be doing those first Mm -hmm. and then follow it up with some neem oil. Yes. And this is something I've thought so much about because uh, I think we talked about it a little bit last week where where modern science, which is a derivative of the the western centric science like literally goes back to like aristotle and plato and Mm -hmm. logic you you must be able to show definitively with logical if this then that kind of statements yeah that this subject or rather this uh this formula this thing works for whatever you're claiming it works for sure and with that being like the way we go about things, we've we minimize everything. So it says, "Aha, take this pill for this exact thing. We know it works exactly like this." It's it's very it's very dichotomous. Isn't yeah, it? Like exactly. it either works or it does not work, and, and everything else is irrelevant. Yes, we've controlled for all that. Yeah. Whereas all these other places are like, well, no, 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 no. All these things are combined. You must do all these things. So it really makes me wonder, like, um, what if someone told me something about like getting rid of a hangover mm. they're like well if you're if you're about to get a you know if you've been drinking heavily that night you should do this thing right before the end and it was like take a certain thing and make sure you drink like two big cups of water oh, with yeah, it like an advil and two cups of water it, or it was it wasn't an advil it was just some other like thing like okay. yeah, take some other concoction real fast okay and i was like so do you think it's that thing that they're having you take or do you think that along with it you drink two giant cups? <laughs> it was like two liters of water. Some yeah. obscene amount. And I was like, you know, I think that they could be like, here, take this sugar pill. It's going to completely solve your issues. But the dosage is one sugar pill and six gallons of water. <laughs> and it's like... You're going to feel you, great. You realize that the, the trick <laughs> is just drink the water, right? So that's half the thing I think about with, um, with traditional medicines is mm-hmm. that they're traditional because they basically say, you know, this is your lifestyle that you need to be focusing on. Once you get your lifestyle in balance, then... Almost whether or not you're taking neem oil, you're going to solve your problem. Interesting. But maybe neem oil does help because it has all these other antifungal, antibacterial properties. Mm -hmm. So you have a little bit and your body will actually get rid of that rash while you're also sleeping better, changing this habit, drinking more water, exercising, all these other things that come along. I I think that is so profound, Casey, because a a lot of traditional medicines are, as you described, and then Western medicine is more like uh, less lifestyle based yeah. and more prescription based, I guess. Right. Oh, like, we're not going to ask you to not drive your car. We're just going to say, take this pill and this will make you all better. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's why I, I think I resonate more with traditional medicine. Yeah. Because it makes more sense because the human body is like a wildly complex machine. And it's all connected. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's, it's kind of incredible. Mind and body. So when they say meditate, you're not just helping your mind. You're also like un- unwinding some anxiety that you're yeah, holding in your exactly. body, which will help this, which will help you breathe better, which will help your blood circulate better, which will end up fixing whatever ails yeah. you. And at the end of the day, the scientists are like, well, actually what you've done is you've re- reduced your blood pressure. And because you've reduced this, your stress levels have reduced. And because your stress levels have reduced, you got rid of this free radical. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. We, we know. And then they're like, okay, well, how do we just devise this into a pill? You know? It's like, God, the meditation the pill. Point. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be great? Casey, would now be a good time for me to chat with you a little bit 
about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I think this is this is as good a time out. We saw we still have a half hour left. So yeah, I guess I guess is I'll take it. I'm about to I'm about to tell you the greatest story of all time. Wow, really? <laughs> uh, now I'm going to chat with you a little bit, Casey, not about him, capital H, but about. Ayurveda. Yes. Ayurveda. This, Fuck, I fucked it up. I practiced like four times before I said that. I am horrified. <laughs> Ayurveda. Yeah, okay. I didn't even realize I was doing that. Nice. <laughs> um, Ayurveda is a traditional medicine out of India. Yes. Here's a fun fact. I read this on one website, so bear with me. <laughs> I guess this is how research works. You just have to read it once. Um, it is the oldest still practiced traditional medicine. No way. So Ayurveda is an ancient Indian medical system. Yes. Like traditional medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is sort of based around, as 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 a lot of these traditional medicines that I'm discovering in the East, I'm putting that in quotes. <laughs> I know. Um, in this mythical land. <laughs> is based on balancing. Yeah. So... Uh, you have inside of you. Let, let's let's like zoom out to to a few of these, uh, like some 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 commonalities among these traditional medicines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that you have inside of you all of these um, sort of elements, and each element is associated with a temperament or a temperature mm. um, or a way of being, and these elements. Live in harmony, ideally, yeah. within your body. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. This is this is super simplified and probably not at all correct. But I'm like I'm doing like a macro uh, Eastern traditional medicine. Sure. Thing. Yeah. 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 From what I from what I know, which is not a ton. Hey, we're all learning, Alex. That's right, Case. Um, so it's about balancing these things. None of them are inherently bad or good. Yeah. You need all of them to live a harmonized life. Gotcha. Right? It's kind of like emotions. Like you have emotions that we say are good or bad, but yeah. really you just have a bunch of emotions that, you know, you have to keep in balance. Yes, totally. Yeah. That's a, that's a great way of describing it, Case. Um, so the elements within uh, Ayurveda are air, okay. vayu, ah. jala, which is water. So I'm going to do the, the Indian word first and then the... Akash, which is space, or they also call it ether. Mm-hmm. Prithvi, which is earth. And Teja, which is fire. Wow. Uh, apologies to our Hindi-speaking listeners. Yes, right off the bat. I apologies. can't imagine how bad that was to hear. <laughs> um, so these are the five elements that, that sort of um, live within your form, right? This is very curious. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it just reminds me very much of uh, the same idea, but in like other traditions i mean almost captain planet you know like <laughs> earth yeah wind fire air, fire oh, <laughs> yeah i love that yeah and traditional chinese medicine it's like heat and dampness yeah and all these things and you know you are you are affected by what's happening inside your body you're affected mm-hmm. by what's happening outside your body and you you kind of regulate all of these elements so that they harmonize instead of living in disharmony, which causes you illness uh-huh. and disease, oh, right? Oh, God. As you know, Alex, all I'm doing is thinking about how that makes perfect sense in a forest. 
Like I'm like, oh, oh yeah, wow. totally. Well, exactly. Tell, tell me what you're thinking. Well, the uh, so the idea, of course, I, I always think about trees. Most people know this. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And everyone talks about like an ecosystem, and if you bring in an invasive ecosystem, yes. an invasive species or something, it just throws the whole thing out of balance. Mm. Where an ecosystem that is in balance is functioning property. The water that comes off of that space is clean and pure. Right. Everything is moving and functioning and growing to the best of its ability and they're all somewhat complementing each other yeah. versus competing with each other. And everything just seems to be working in a cyclical fashion that is just repeating itself over and over. It's in balance. Wow, perfect. And of course, a lot of people also think of forests as a um, as one system, kind of like a uh, the idea of a super organism, you mm. know? Where it's not all the same species, like a, an ant colony is a super organism to some right. extent. This is thinking, yeah, all these things are working together and balancing each mm. other. So if you get rid of one or you throw one thing out of balance, it affects the other thing. But because of it being a like a, a complex spider web is how I've heard it. Also, ecosystems are described. Yeah, you can clip one one of these uh, little s- silk lines, the whole thing's not going to fall apart, but it's going to have a huge impact on a section that that line was connected to. Yeah. But that thing that that line was connected to is connected to six other things. Right. So you, you can see one adjustment has an effect to some degree on the rest of the whole. Casey, you don't know how much you're channeling Thich Nhat Hanh hey, right now. Hey, all right. And this whole thing is interconnectedness and interbeing, mm-hmm, you know? Like, mm-hmm. what happens to you affects everyone and everything else in yeah, the world and exactly. vice versa. And I also like to think of it like a forest or like a human body as one giant cell. Yeah, okay. We have different parts that are working at different things, mm-hmm. but those have to work in harmony with the other parts or mm-hmm. else the whole thing kind of collapses, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The same as a forest. Same as a forest. The same as a planet Earth. Exactly. It's all big systems. That's right. And small systems. Yes, but yeah. they're all one system. Yeah. So how does neem oil come into this? Well, I don't quite know yet. <laughs> um, so let me, let me also tell you about the... Um, so in traditional Chinese medicine and in Ayurveda, yeah. um, you, can, you can find these sort of graphs. It's like a star. Uh-huh. Uh, and it has, over here it has water. And over oh, here it has fire. It's almost like a, co- a color wheel, like mm-hmm. a color, like complementary colors and opposite colors, you know? Yeah. Um, so if you have a lot of fire in you, you want to supplant it with some water. Uh, it needs to be balanced on that other exactly. side. Exactly. But because it's five, it's never just yin and yang. It's... They're offset a little bit. Yes. Oh, I'd love this metaphor. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's sort of that's sort of the whole idea. As I mean, from my brief, I, I have to fucking disclaim everything. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't, but that is the <laughs> that is my understanding of this medicine. Yeah, I only disclaim if if someone may confuse what I'm saying with being a definition for a panicle versus a racine. <laughs> and you're I don't like, have that problem. Yeah, and you're like, uh, just in case I say literally anything wrong here. I'm just uh, calling that out. <laughs> my th- my whole thing is anytime I'm talking about any of this stuff, I'm like, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, there are people listening right now who have a deep personal familiarity, mm-hmm. an intimate emotional familiarity yeah. with all of these things. And if I say something that's incorrect or a misrepres- misrepresentation, I'm going to hurt them. Oh. And they're going to be upset and they're going to think, God, I'm not being represented properly. Uh Something I love isn't being represented properly by two uh, white straight men yeah, on this gotcha. podcast. Yeah. That is sort of what I'm always thinking when <laughs> okay. I'm talking about almost anything. All right. All right. Well, 
Thank you for being so relaxed. <laughs> There's a little peek into my uh, psyche. <laughs> it just keeps going. <laughs> Hold on, shut the door, shut the door, shut the door. Don't. Um, Casey, another part of another part of this uh, medicine that we're gonna bring back later is the dosha. Aha. Uh-huh. And a dosha. Wow, I don't even know how to how to uh, define this yet. Oh, a dosha is a life force. Yes. So it is a combination of two or more. I think just two. Um, of these elements that exist within all of us. Okay. There are three dosha total. Mm-hmm. You have all of do- all these three dosha within you. Yeah. Um, within your body and your mind, which is your body. Um, and they all, they all kind of work in harmony and maybe one of them is center stage, you know, during a certain season of the year. Mm-hmm. And then kind of walks backstage another one another one walks on stage for the other seasons you know so they're always kind of shifting and changing and growing and shrinking um we're going to talk about dosha in our segment of this episode but that's the idea i'm planting that seed okay yeah thank you you're welcome well i love this idea and i love how this tree has had a role in this yeah but I can't say that it's based on this tree by any means. It's all like the the realm and the use of everything is another one of those things that I think another reason why I'm like, eh, it's not really the oldest, you know, practiced one. Hmm. It just might be one of the biggest one that's still practiced. Sure. Maybe it's just also that their all of their cultural practices were not completely destroyed in the whole colonization of the planet. Though, of course, India had a horrific experience with colonization. All that to say yeah. that the the traditional medicine using uh, neem oil has now spread across the world yeah. because people use it for a million different things. In fact, I read several different things like, you can make it yourself if you just grow your tree. Uh-huh. You can grow it down in Florida <laughs> if you want or over in Hawaii. Wow, interesting. Yeah, it's just a tropical tree. Very cool. Um, but it is, uh, it's used for all this and it is like fascinating that the... This tree has been like this pillar where they say, here it is, use this to help get your dosha back, you know, where it needs to be, or mm-hmm. use this to to add a different aspect that helps bring yourself in balance. But I really want to know, and I couldn't find a whole lot of research, but like, what exactly are they using it for? Mm. But this is something that I think is just knowledge I'm not going to have until I talk with someone who's not even a practitioner, but someone who's a uh, the equivalent of the the medicine man, I guess, or whatever the best term, a shaman, maybe. Well, the the um, Ayurveda, I did it. Gosh, well done. Alex. That was my first take. There was no editing. Good job. <laughs> you could become a licensed practitioner yeah. of Ayurveda, and, and it's I know not that like, true. Yeah. In, yeah, in India, there's like it's all you can get certifications. Yeah, you like go to right? school for this. Yeah, and yeah. so I guess I want to know like what is it that they use neem for specifically? Mm. Like, is it, uh, you, do you prescribe it for this exact thing or do you prescribe it for this plus all these other things? Is it a part of a mixture? What is the balance that neem provides the Margosa? Well, Casey, I have a bit of insight on this. <gasps> what do we have? <laughs> Don't get your hopes up too high. Oh, they're sky high. By the way, I forgot the R in Ayurveda. When I said it just now and I oh. congratulated myself, I get a big pat on the back for a mispronunciation. Ayurveda? Ayurveda. I think you did it right. Anyway. I think I skipped over the R. All right. Anyway. Um, so if one of these dosha, it's called uh. pitta, P-I-T-T-A. Yeah. Pitta is fire and water, Casey. Okay. 
and it's kind of uh, represented by your temperament being like assertive, outgoing, bossy, hot, heat, uh, aggressive, yeah, right? I gotcha. Yeah. So, so if you have too much pitta, you need what was the opposite of heat? Cool. Class. You got to yeah. You got to cool yourself down. You got to cool yourself down. You know what a great thing to take if you want to cool yourself down? An ice cold banquet beer. <laughs> That's right. Today's podcast is brought to you by Coors Banquet Beer. Make sure anytime you need to get yourself a banquet, you bring the banquet beer. Coors. I can't believe we did that for free. Cool yourself down. (laughs) You want some neem oil, Casey? It's a cooling agent. Yes. Oh, this is so good to know. Yes. Okay. So it can cool excess heat. Oh. It can foster healthy blood systems. You know, when you're hot and your blood's running hot. Yeah. Yeah. Get some cool down with some neem. Oh. Um, It also. lubricates and soothes the skin so a lot of a lot of times you know if you're like i don't know if i have like crazy anxiety Uh this is just my personal experience and i'm like really frustrated and feeling feeling ah just like feeling generally sort of agitated yeah i my skin will get like red and hot yes you know yeah i feel like you like your blood is right there at the surface yes and neem oil being not only an ingestible is a topical agent. Yeah. You can put that on your skin and it'll cool you down. That just, see, in my brain immediately, not scientist, goes to be like, that totally makes sense. Like, yeah. especially if you have like a little infection there where your body is putting more blood there to help fight the infection and then you put this neem oil on, it kills the infection, your blood goes away, you physically feel cooler. That's right, Casey. I can't handle this. <laughs> Casey's mind is being blown today. So, Casey, uh, a while ago, I got... I was I was looking at um, some Indian traditional medicine mm-hmm. as a part of my TC my bigger TCM journey. Yes, traditional Chinese medicine. Okay, perfect. Sorry, I, uh, I, we call it I, TCM in this house. I, I thought you were you were doing uh, Thich Nhat Han, and I was like, oh. I was trying to remember the names so that I could spell it out and get the acronym, and then you you explained it first. So. Tikatman. Yeah, I was like, huh, cool. Okay, great. Uh, and a part of this was uh, I was I was recommended to Wait, ingest you some mean Turner Classic movies, right? <laughs> My big important journey with Turner Classic movies. Yeah, I just love Matlock reruns. <laughs> Recently watched Grapes of Wrath. It really changed my life. <laughs> uh, was uh, what is that root? Fenugreek. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fenugreek powder. And something I learned about um, traditional medicine is that bitter things mm-hmm. are considered to be cooling, oh. and neem oil is crazy bitter. Yes. Uh, and as as the YouTube uh, as YouTube this kind older Indian woman said on YouTube. A little bitterness makes life sweeter. Oh, <laughs> that is so nice. I was like, I'll take it every day. Thank I'll you. I'll do it. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. So I think that's that's bitterness is the big big cooling. I see. Kind of okay. Agent, yeah. you know, of change. Casey, it is time for a review of this. I almost want to call it the neem tree. I do like calling it the neem tree, but I also like Margosa so much. Yeah, they're both great. I always think about it in terms of the neem rather than the Margosa. You always do. I know. It's me. We got to give a review to this tree, but we got to do so after an ad break. Please enjoy. We will be right back with Completely Arbitrary. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. That was our discussion of the Margosa. Hey, you know what it's time for? It's time for a review of this tree. Here's how Let's it works. Let's do it. I'm going to give some final thoughts 
on the neem tree, the Margosa, and give it a rating of 0 to 10 golden cones of honor. Casey, as our resident expert, will yeah. begin with you. All right. So here's the thing. I think this is a lovely tree. Mm. Um, I enjoy a tree that has essentially superpowers. And this feels like one of those trees that has superpowers. Yeah. Only in and of itself. Like uh, there's some trees that have superpowers because they've made friends with mushrooms. This tree certainly has, but the mushrooms do not give it its power. It's it's got it in its own right. Yeah. You know? Um. It's not a giant tree. It's planted everywhere. So I have to say eh, maybe a little bit eh, a little bit overplanted. Wow. But then again. How can you be upset with a plant that is growing that also gives magical properties mm. to you if you so choose to accept mm-hmm. them? Great. So I I, I, I I don't know. I'm somewhere in the middle. I've never seen this tree. It's tropical. So if I did see it, I didn't know that I saw it. Okay. But I have to say because of what it does and how it grows, and it's it, so far it has like a sterling reputation. Sometimes, some places, it could be considered invasive, but it's an invasive that apparently people just kind of are stoked about, you know? <laughs> Finally, but, yeah. we're being invaded by the neem tree. You know, oh, I've been waiting for this for so long. <laughs> Free oil! Exactly. So it's like, I, I, I don't know. But also, I'm sure that there are going to be instances where someone's like, nope, not here. This is so bad. Like, it got out of hand. That's always the case. It's always going to be the case. So I think that I'm going to give this exactly 7.5. Right down the middle. Okay. I love that it can do everything. I think as a tree, it's nice. The oil, 10 out of 10. Sure. Like, it crushes it. Where does the oil come from? The oil comes from the tree. Oh, interesting. Yeah, exactly. Hey, you know what? I think I'm pretty sweet. Your cones are your own. But my fingernails, I don't think are that cool. So if my fingernails came from me, (laughs) they do not immediately have the same traits as me. Therefore, the oil is great. The tree, it's fine. Fair enough. Now I'm curious what your opinion is. You also seem to be quite disappointed with mine. I, I was a little, I don't know. I was hoping for a melodica solo today. Um, so hoping we play that uh, that induction theme, but it will not be happening. Very sorry to all the parents who attended. <laughs> there will be no recital. <laughs> um, I I really like this tree as a tree. I think it's pretty unassuming and kind of whatever. Yeah, I there's no part of it that I, I guess I, I I like the bark. Um, bark is good. I feel like often. We we talk about trees with like cool leaves or flowers or fruit, yeah, but never like really really cool bark. Every once in a while, yeah, we'll get we'll get to some. Hey. I, got, um, I got a few tricks up my sleeve. And usually, if it is really cool bark, the tree is like named after the bark. Oh yeah, you know? yeah, like a paper bark. This yes, yeah. or the hick, uh, the shag bark. You gotcha. Know? Yeah. Um, but I like the bark enough. Uh, the leaves are fine. Whatever. The flowers are cute. Um, you're cute. Yeah. That's what I say mm. to the flowers. <laughs> yeah. You pat them gently on the head, but then you also kind of like spill your coffee as you walk oh away. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I don't really... Whatever. However, the importance that this tree plays in a traditional medicine, mm-hmm. Ayurveda. Well done. How many times did we try that? Our producers say 16. It's the rule of threes, Casey. Good work. Very good work. Uh, I think is really fantastic. 
love me some neem oil. I've never had it before, but I love the idea behind it. Oh, God, it's great. I um, do like it. Casey himself is mm-hmm. like a big fan of this mm-hmm. neem oil. Yeah, and neem being sort of like you, even you say, this magic oil that treats everything and is so so kind of just this perfect compound. Yeah. I really appreciate that. I am giving the neem tree, the Margosa, 9.0 Golden Cones of Honor. 9.0. Yeah. And I'm going to play the little induction theme in my head uh, to to soothe my aching soul that this is not in the Golden Arboretum of Honor. Yeah. Arboretum? Arboretum of Honor. I think this is very fair. Casey, that was our review of the Margosa. Sure was. It's time for a segment. (gasps) This is uh, quite unstructured, so maybe we could come up with a structure for it. All right, yeah, let's do it. A name for it or something. Uh, as you as you know earlier, I mentioned dosha. Yep, which are sort of these three uh, temperaments mm-hmm. in um, Ayurveda. Never. So, Casey, you and I are going to figure out which dosha we are experiencing right now. Ooh, okay. And how we can uh, how we can supplicate it. Is that the right word? And uh, sort of uh, work with that dosha. If we have a, you know, you might have an excess of a certain dosha. Okay, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So let, let's let's go through the three doshas here. And we'll call this segment um, Doshino. Oh, there you go. So <laughs> the first one is Vata, V-A-T-A. And that is ether and air. Again, ether is like space. Yeah, space, yeah. Um, so a person who is experiencing a lot of vata or whose sort of natural uh, dosha is vata will have a thin and lanky frame mm-hmm. to their body. Okay. Their skin you will be dry, cool, and maybe rough. Um, their sleep will be, they might have a hard time falling asleep or staying asleep. Um, and then their temperament will be enthusiastic yeah. or nervous or jumpy or kind of uh, erratic potentially. Okay. Yeah, but mostly gotcha. I think the big thing is like enthusiasm and energy. You know, um, the second dosha is pitta, P-I-T-T-A, and that's fire and water. A person experiencing a lot of pitta <laughs> will <laughs> have an average build, maybe an apple shape, uh, you know, okay, sure. like a uh, broad shouldered mm-hmm. and, you know, um, I don't like when we compare people's, uh, bodies to, f- to fruit. Food. Yeah. Mm. It's not for me. Pear shaped, apple shaped. Yeah. Hourglass. You know, there's a lot, uh, there's a lot to that in, uh, in, in language and, and how we look at things. Mm. Yeah, it goes places. I mean, I can see the link here. Yeah. I was gonna say most people are like, Oh yeah, I get that. A ripe ovary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, their skin, oh, oh Alex, <laughs> their skin will be warm and smooth or potentially oily skin. Okay, uh, class. Oh, I'm just I'm I'm just taken by that. <laughs> they will prefer a cool sleep. So maybe this person sleeps with the windows open. And which one is this again? This is pitta, which okay. is fire and water. Yeah. Um, they're a deep sleeper, so they they get they knock out and then they like maybe the windows open or yeah. not a lot of heavy blankets. Okay. Um, and their temperament is assertive and outgoing. Uh, they might they might be bossy or yeah. kind of like a lot to handle sometimes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then the third one is kapha, K A P H A, or gotcha. maybe kapha. Okay. Uh, that's water and earth. They will have us. The, their frame will be stocky or either very short or very tall. Okay. Their skin is pale, uh, potentially moist or cold, mm. cold, clammy. Clammy. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Uh, their sleep will be pleasant. 
but they might have difficulty waking up in the morning, huh. kind of getting their motor going. Uh-huh. Um, and their temperament, I love this. It says their temperament is accommodating, pleasant, but cautious. Ah, okay. I'm talking about a dog or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Put that on a sign. Lost dog, <laughs> do not chase. Dosha is a kaffa, so it's accommodating, but uh, maybe a little cold. I'm a Cappadocia and a Capricorn rising. What does that tell you? <laughs> uh, my dog is a Capricorn rising. <laughs> if you find him, please just look at him, but don't look at him in the eye. Approach from the side, not behind or in front. Feed him cooling treats yeah. like duck or chicken. Um, Casey, so from this list, for you, let's start with you. Okay. I believe that you're a Vata. Ah. Which, which is space and air. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because of your, you have a, you know, you, you've, uh, you've got a tight, thin frame, you know? Yeah. You're not small, but well, you're, I don't want to talk too much about your body in front of you, sorry. Oh, that's okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. You have a, you have a, you've, you're a small statured man. Yes, I am, as I describe, more on the spider monkey side of humanity <laughs> than the gorilla side of humanity. Yes, perfect. That's, that's how I like to term these things. <laughs> Um, how does your skin? Is it dry and cool? Maybe rough? Uh, no, it's very soft. I think it has a perfect amount of uh, moisture right now. Oh, interesting. Not okay. dry. Is it warm or cool? It's a, it's a little clammy because I kind of had my hands underneath my, uh, well, my, uh, that doesn't my count. arm there. And I'm sitting with the sun on my back. Think about generally. Yeah, generally, pretty good. Okay. Pretty good. Pretty good? Yeah. Okay. That's not helpful. How's your sleep, Casey? <laughs> no, I'm Virgo rising, okay? I don't know what to say. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, my sleep over the last couple of days has been iffy at best, but I blame that on caffeine. Sure. So the neem tree of the coffee plant, mm. the neem oil of the coffee plant. Are, are, do you usually have a hard time falling asleep or you, you sleep pretty good? I sleep pretty good. Yeah. Okay. But you know, eh, it comes and goes. Depends okay. on the day. Sure. I mean, that as does your dosha. Right? Ah, yes. So I think sometimes, uh, I would be more in this dosha. Okay. Your temperament, I find to be assertive outgoing mm-hmm. okay but also enthusiastic yeah, yeah you're yeah. not you're not much of an well i think you have like anxiety without the negative side of anxiety oh uh, yeah maybe i just manage it well you just myself have like or differently maybe manic enthusiasm mm, yeah that's fair that's yeah. how i see you i don't get too nervous about things even though no. they are constantly hanging over me <laughs> oh casey yeah. i'm sorry that's okay that's that's, <laughs> that's the way i function i suppose <laughs> So this is very interesting because I have, uh, as I have been reading through here, Mm -hmm. I have thought of myself more of a kapha dosha. Interesting. Uh, What I have read is an easygoing, calm, approachable, but is potentially more prone to, they say, congestion and weight gain, Ah. which I am not prone to weight gain. Not at all. That's for sure. (laughs) It's more my speed. Yeah. I always have found myself to be easygoing and calm under pressure. I find that too. So if something crazy is happening, uh, I I can be like, okay, everyone, let's... Decision A, B, C, D, let's make it happen. True, you are good in a crisis. I do try to be that way. Well, Casey, I, I'll take your lead on this because it's you. Um, let's say you're a kaffa. Yeah. Okay. Now, I I also am I am resonating hard with kaffa. Uh, I was going to say, that also seems like something that would fit you. Which is surprising to me because you and I seem like almost opposites at times yeah well this is curious because if i was to pin something i would probably put you more as a vata or veda 
Dosha. Really? Yes. You think I'm thin and lanky? Thank you. You are so welcome, Alex. <laughs> well, actually, it's uh, different than that. Um, so yeah. you have um, very much dealt with anxiety as a as a thing you've had to work through sure. on how to deal with in your own life. And that also has, in this case, it says it also leads to poor sleep. And that's mm. been something that at least over the last, uh, let's say, couple of years, you've kind of gone in waves of, of having come and go. You've done lots of different things to try to figure out how you are working with your body yes so maybe it's actually that historically i would be like your veda dosha was out of balance was was Mm, too much yes and then everything else now so now it could be that you're saying ah well i actually see myself more as a kapha dosha today hey but it might be that now it's just getting back into balance i like that idea casey well, for the purposes of the game, let's yeah. say I'm a Vada or okay. Veda. Yeah, that sounds good. And you're Kapha. Okay. Which is the opposite, actually, of what I thought it was going to end up being. Uh-huh. So let's look at uh, you first. Kapha balancing. Ooh. Okay? You okay. might have a Kapha imbalance. Mm-hmm. Yes, very very probable. Um, if so, you could be experiencing some of these, these uh, symptoms. Okay, what do we got? Excess bodily fluids. Ooh. Uh, do you have a thick white coating on your tongue? Uh, what? Oh my God. <laughs> do you have slow, sticky, or sluggish bowel movements, Casey? Mm, you know what? Next question. <laughs> no comment. Uh, actually, I don't because I use athletic greens. Athletic greens. <laughs> da, da, da. <laughs> um, do you feel foggy ever or lethargic? Yes. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you get easily attached or possessive? Ooh, no, not really. Okay. Do you have a do you have a, t- a tendency for emotional overeating? Uh, we have this backwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think we you have might. this backwards. I'm okay, telling you. so this is this is very curious. I feel like what this is teaching us is that we are not certified Ayurvedic practitioners. <laughs> <laughs> we're just we're just trying to figure this out together, or that we have a very uh, very off balance perception of ourselves as we do for each other. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So okay, so let's so if we switch that, then yeah. what would I be if I was a Vata dosha? Well, a Vata dosha, you might be for for an imbalance. Right? Uh-huh. You might be experiencing um, twitches, ticks, tremors, uh-huh. okay, dry yes. or chapped skin, mm-hmm. low body weight, okay, a dislike of cold. You uh-huh. are a child of summer. I do like summer very much. Yeah, yeah. Um, difficulty tolerating loud noises. Mm. Any of that? Yeah, that honestly, that that resonates more with me overall. But yeah. that's mostly because I've been trying to do too much uh, tree identification, and that's causing my brain to be like, yeah. you're you're in meltdown mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So I would say <laughs> right now I probably have more of the vadadosha yes. than I do anything else. This is my thought. I think you might be onto something. Then do you, do you ever feel spacey or kind of uh, scattered? Yes, constantly. Uh, do you not constantly, but often? Light or interrupted sleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so uh, we're on to something. Okay. So to de- decrease excess vata. Okay, what do I got to do? You have some dietary and lifestyle treatment strategies, okay? Yeah. Um, there's a whole list of herbs that you should be taking. Okay. Like chai spiced ghee. Ooh, I should get a, I should get a chai. Uh-huh. Or ash, ashwagandha. Have you heard of ashwagandha? I have, yeah, but I've never had it. Um, here's an ashwagandha latte mix oh, on this well, website. I bet you I can find one of those around here. <laughs> um, so here are some lifestyle things that would benefit you if you have an excess in this vata dosha. All right, throw it my way. Routine. Yes. That Very, is, oh, yeah. Done. Not that I've done it, but yes, I know that that's what I need to do. Yes. Okay, okay. I'm on board with this, Alex. This is, this is good. 
Warmth. Mm-hmm. Blankets, coats. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could also extrapolate that as, in terms of like emotional warmth, you know? Uh, yeah. I Watch do, some yeah. feel-good movies, listen to some music oh. that makes you feel like dancing. You might also benefit some from some serenity. Oh. Just some peace and quiet. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, this is me. Yeah, I'm And with it. nourishment. <sighs> so, to me, that says really good foods. Yeah comfort food mm-hmm. you know yeah. um good good try work on your sleep hygiene yeah just nourish your body and your in your mind this is basically. good to know because alex i have that's one of the things i have very much lacked in yeah. over the last couple of weeks yeah yeah I, i've been eating a lot of vegetables but i've also been being like mm, i'm just gonna get a bagel yeah bagels we love them but God, I love bagels. you can't get you can't get past the fact that you're eating a small loaf of bread for breakfast. It's perfect. It's a perfect <laughs> loaf of bread. Well, speaking of foods, Casey, some foods that you might enjoy if you're trying to balance your vata. Yeah. Are I feel like I'm saying father in German. Oh yeah, 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 a little bit. You are. Um, foods that are naturally sweet, sour, or salty. I feel like that covers Ooh, most foods. Yeah, that pretty much gets you there. But they say naturally. Yes, so that's right. the important thing. Yes. Okay. Um, whole freshly cooked foods. Yes, this I do would a lot of that. Anybody. I do a lot of that. Um, yeah. Eat, see, this is this is where I'm at. I yeah. see what you're saying. Uh, a generous amount of high quality oils. Oh. So some good butter, olive oil, ghee. I can do that. Yeah. Okay. Um, eating your meals at consistent times each day, Casey. Stop looking at me, Alex. <laughs> I'm, I'm literally pointing a finger yeah, at Casey. Yeah, because you know <laughs> how inconsistent. Yeah. I got made fun of uh, a while back about. My eating habits where I usually get up, have some coffee, and mm. now for the recently, actually, Athletic Greens, because they said, hey, you should That's try right. this out, AG1. Burger. That is a real endorsement. Yeah, right? True. So I, was, I added that into my routine, but then I would routinely huh, not eat until 11, 12, maybe 1, and then uh, not eat until... Five, six, seven, eight, yeah, or eleven. Like my 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 meal times are usually consistently four to five hours apart, but they've switched from being like at maybe eight to twelve to sometime in the evening, right. or a light snack afterwards, to twelve or one, six and ten or eleven. You, you got to tighten up that routine, my man. Yeah, dang it. Okay. If anyway. you want to balance your vata. Okay, I do, I do. Um, here's here's something that uh, I found kind of interesting here. Uh-huh. Eating eating your meal in a peaceful environment. Oh. So not eating on the go. Or like really a sitting. Game. Right. Huh. Really sitting and just quiet, enjoying your food. Okay. I can do this. Um, do you want to hear a couple things to avoid, Casey? Yes. Dry and light foods such as popcorn or crackers. Okay, I'm good at that. Most beans. That's also good. I don't need a lot of beans. And... This one's going to kill you. Uh-oh. Caffeine, nicotine, or other stimulants. Casey's a bit of a coffee head. I do like I needed to clarify there. Yes, I don't actually smoke cigarettes. So no. anytime you've heard me say, someone give me a cigarette, it's just strictly a reference to the old-timey use of cigarettes. It's just Casey being a goof. You get it, everyone. He's goofing. Yeah, or hard Interesting. alcohol. All right, well, that's good. I do avoid hard, hard alcohol. alcohol. What's the difference between hard alcohol and soft alcohol? Um, hard alcohol is liquor. Oh, liquor, like beer. Uh, okay, as opposed to beer and wine. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there you go, Case. That might that might get you back on All track. All right. Well, what about you, Alex? Uh, what would you need to do if you are a kapha dosha? Well, some... Or if you have an imbalance. Sure. So we, I already read the symptoms, right? Yeah. Um, so some things that might help me balance my kapha. Stimulation. Mm-hmm. Um, exercise. Yeah. Lightning. 
Not like lightning, like lightning and thunder, but lightening. Oh, I see. Um, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's telling me to lose weight. No, I bet you it's telling you like, like get rid of stuff, you know, lighten the load a little bit. Oh, sure. I mean like the fat on my body. Uh, Okay. I guess if you're going to draw back in, no matter what I try. Yeah. That makes sense actually, because you spent a week out in the forest and you were like, God, that was so good. Yeah. Like that is a, a, a stimulus in a different way than, you know, other things. Totally. As opposed to my studio apartment where I spend 99% of my time yeah exactly uh warming and drying mm. so i guess uh yeah i don't really know how to apply that huh. but some foods that i should be enjoying are are foods that are naturally pungent or bitter or astringent oh really so you got to cool yourself down this is some neem oil right that's what here. i'm saying man ah. uh but it's also saying warm foods both energetically and in temperament interesting okay so some sushi that's what you need uh, yeah warm foods like Sushi. Fish and rice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, heating spices like chili, cayenne, um, cinnamon, cumin. Gotcha. Um, light, dry, and warm foods like uh, you know popcorn and crackers like uh, you're not supposed to exactly. have. Exactly. Okay. So we need to eat the opposite thing so that That's we can right. get ourselves back into balance. Yeah. You Fantastic. Eat, you eat vegetables. I'll eat McDonald's. Done. Yeah. That's and, what it, this and this is. And this will make us better. <laughs> How about this? Taking a deep breath after swallowing your last bite and heading off for your next activity. Whoa. Now, see, that's something I it would be surprised if you were not already doing. I, I, I try to enjoy my food mm-hmm. um, and some things to avoid overeating. No comment. Uh, highly processed foods like frozen foods or, or, or things like that. McDonald's. Fast food. <laughs> or, yeah. It says TV dinner. I haven't had a TV dinner since the 90s. Yeah. Wow. This is a little outdated. Um, At least for our culture, maybe. Alcohol. Mm hmm. Got that one on. Yep. Uh, Excessive red meat. Interesting. Well, you've also done that. You went, uh, you've really cut back on your meat consumption historically. Yes. I I eat red meat maybe like once every couple months. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. 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 Casey, that was our Doshino. Doshino. It is time for our completely arbitrary Q&A. Casey, this week's question, as every week, comes from the Patreon. Patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. A-R-B-O-R-T-R-A-R-Y-P-O-D. And this week's question is from Texas Chris. Well, hey, Texas Chris. Good to see you. I'm currently working with an arborist for hours toward my ISA arborist certification test. That's what I'm talking about. But unfortunately, Casey... Chris has a fear of heights. Oh, yes. You're in good company, Chris. You so are do in good I. company. Therein lies my predicament, says Chris. Is there mm-hmm. a role a certified arborist can perform without having to climb? Casey. Yes. I thought this was a really interesting question because I think it's like an accessibility thing. Yeah, right. Um, Chris wants to work with trees, wants to be an arborist, is going after it for the ISA certification. Mm-hmm. But I think kind of naturally... When you work with trees and you're an arborist, it means that you usually have to climb. People assume that's what you're doing. That's yeah. what that's my assumption, right? Mm-hmm. But I know that that's not necessarily the case. You are spot on. Arboriculture has many different facets, of course, hmm. and one of them is being a climber. You jump into a tree, you have your ropes, you are pruning, you're doing removals from the top down, you're doing whatever you need to do inside the tree. It's one aspect. Sure. There are other aspects like literally everything else that you do that has to do with the tree that is not climbing. Right. 
So the first thing that comes to mind, and one of our other patrons actually noted this before we were able to, is plant healthcare. That is the, the, the technique and the application and the science and the art of applying different treatments to trees based on you diagnosing the issue with them. So let's say you have a pear tree. That pear tree has this little orange spot on it. And you're mm. like, what is that little orange spot? Call your arborist, and your arborist comes out. The plant healthcare technician would look at it and say, Aha, this is cedar apple rust. In order to get rid of cedar apple rust, you need to do this, this, and this. It's a bit like a doctor. Exactly. It's exactly the same, except for the tree. That doctor does not need to climb the tree. All they need to do is see what's in front of them, see the leaf, see the, the symptoms, and then they can diagnose what the issue is. Mm. And then they treat the issue. So just like a doctor, they prescribe it some kind of usually chemical treatment, but there's also cultural treatments. Rake away the leaves because that's where this overwinters, that kind oh, of thing. Oh, cultural treatments. Interesting. Yeah. So the idea of cultural treatment means change how you're, you're working with the plant, whatever your management is, and then that will have an impact versus a chemical treatment that is putting something in or on the tree that makes you know changes some chemistry about it i got you so that's a thing you can do you can also work on doing uh the groundwork you don't have to climb the tree you can just use the ropes and let the climber uh do all the cutting up in the tree and all you have to do is just let the branch down then take it to the chipper, that kind of thing. So essentially you need to learn knots and communication. And that's really the two things mm. you got to know. Hey, same as, uh, same as, uh, old timey sailors. Exactly. Knots and communication. And you can circumnavigate that ocean. No problem. Magellan. <laughs> oh, also some constellation. Yes, you do have, there's some other things. Let's, let's not um. round too far up. Um, but yeah. And then you can also be a municipal arborist. You can learn, uh, how to diagnose, uh, or not diagnose, but assess a tree for risk and say, well, I don't need to climb the tree. I can just look at it and figure out what's going on with it from on the ground. Casey, that's what you used to do. Do. Exactly, I still do every now and then. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some you you kind of do it as a contract work now. You, yeah. Exactly. People call you out and say, "What's going on with this tree?" Precisely. And you'll say, "Well, I've got bad news for you. This motherfucker dead. This is a shrub." <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. Probably the biggest problem with this tree is that <laughs> it's a rhododendron. It's a rhododendron, so I can't help. But you still must pay me. <laughs> Well, there you go. Chris yeah. has got some options. You got so many options. Do not worry about that. Just make sure you're clear. Maybe tree work is not going to be your big, intense future. Maybe it's going to be doing something else entirely. But hey, you know what? Life takes you in crazy directions, Casey. It sure does. You're an ISA certified arborist, and here you are hosting a podcast. Exactly. What the hell am I doing here? <laughs> oh no, God. please don't go. Sorry, Alex. I'll, I'll stay. I'll stay. I, I'm, I'm cool. It's cool. Thank you, Chris, for your question. If you've got a question for us, join up on the Patreon, patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. That is A-R-B-O-R-T-R-A-R-Y-Pod.com. If you'd like to support this podcast, that is just the best way to do it. We've got tiers for every budget. And each tier gets different rewards. Casey. Alex. Including the Cone of the Month Club. That's right. The coveted Cone of the Month Club. Alex Croson, the artist this year, or oh, this last month, that's right. is one 
Alex Croson. Oh, it was nothing. You did a spectacular uh, Kayomaki, otherwise known as the Japanese Umbrella Pine. Yes. Beautiful. Well, thank you very much, Casey. I'm very excited about it, and I think a lot of other people are, too. It got a really good reception, and Mm -hmm. I'm going to be revealing this this month's cone, which will be something else, uh, quite soon. In fact, by the time you hear this, it might have already been revealed, Uh Oh. but I still have to choose between two I'm very excited about. I'm pretty excited about that. That's the best way to support the podcast. You get monthly cone stickers by different artists with a little info card and exchange for a small monthly monetary uh, fee. Casey, we also have arbitrarypod.com slash merch. Right. Go up there and get yourself a t-shirt, get some stickers, get a poster. Lots of new merch on the way. I don't want to give a timeline, so we'll just say soon. It's happening. It always is. (laughs) There's always something new just right behind the scenes. That's right, Casey. Just like a a forest floor, there's always some new sapling finding its finding its first ray of sunshine that's exactly right so beautiful well done uh casey clap with that alex (laughs) we hope you enjoy this episode of completely arbitrary and we will see you next time see you next week bye 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 Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. 